I lost 10 grand trying to get into an HOA and you don't have to, right? It was so much better for me to cut my losses, find a new property without an HOA and go that route. So I wanna be the one to pop the bubble and tell you not to do it because there are other people out there saying, hey, you can do this. And yeah, there's a small percentage chance you can, but it's not in your best interest. Welcome back to Assisted Living Investing with Brett Schottkavis. And I wanna talk about HOAs today. What is going on with that? Why am I hearing people all over Facebook and social media saying it is okay to do an REL in an HOA? Just go ahead and buy that house. It's in a HOA, no big deal. That is such a bad piece of advice. Don't do a deal in an HOA. Is there a small percent chance you might be able to get a deal done in an HOA? Yeah, there's a small percent chance. Is it gonna have a bunch of hurdles and potentially be a huge deal killer for you? Yes, it's a big old deal killer. So let's talk about it because you should not be looking at properties in an HOA. And why people are saying, oh, I found the perfect property and it's in an HOA. That's not the perfect property. It would be perfect if it was the same property, not in an HOA. So let's break this down because I don't know why people keep saying it is okay for you to buy something in an HOA. And perhaps those people, they're just trying to sell their course. But you know what? I've learned some hard lessons on making offers, going through properties in an HOA, and I want to share that with you today because it did not work out for me and I lost money on it. But people say all the time, well, what about fair housing law? Fair housing law allows me to do an RAL in any area, in an HOA, in any city. I can do this because the fair housing law prevents organizations like HOAs from discriminating against people with mental disabilities, with physical disabilities, including dementia and elderly care, right? They're gonna argue that I can do this because of this law. And that is technically true, but practically, how is it gonna work out for you? What's gonna happen when the HOA sues you? What happens when you have to go to court? How much money does that cost? And how long does that take? There are some really valuable lessons here that I had to go through the hard way because nobody had the guts to say, Brett, don't buy in an HOA. So what I did was I made an offer on a piece of land in an HOA. So let's talk about that because I thought that I could get this deal done. There was five acres of vacant land in an HOA area and it wasn't like cookie cutter residential suburbs, right? They were like 10 acre parcels, five acre parcels where everyone had like a little ranch at. So don't think like suburbs HOA. This had an HOA, but it was pretty loose. In addition to having an HOA, that was pretty loose, it also had an existing 16 bed licensed assisted living in that same community, in the HOA. They had been running for about eight years. So I knew that someone had already fought this battle. So I like this piece of land, I like the location, I wanna make an offer on it. So before I made an offer, I called the HOA and I got a hold of the vice president and I said, hey, here's what I wanna do. It's this piece of land, I wanna do a licensed 16 bed assisted living, take care of some grandmas and grandpas, um, I know, you know, there's this such and such right down the street here. It's in the same HOA. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm familiar with that. This is the HOA president. I'm familiar with that. You know, as long as you send a letter from your attorney saying, you know, you, you have like fair housing rights protection, then you're going to be fine. I said, great. That's great. He said, okay, go ahead and send that letter. Include it with a variance application on the HOA's website. I said, fantastic. So I made my offer, right? I go and I'm in escrow on this piece of property, going through all my due diligence, and then I get an email back from the HOA president, 
not the same person, now a different person from the HOA saying, you are denied, you are, your variance is denied, you are not allowed to have any type of assisted living or business use in this community, right? No, no ifs, ands, or buts, it's not allowed. And I said, okay, well, I called the person, I'm like, hey, um, just so you know, I did talk to the vice president, he said it's totally fine, and you know, he's familiar with the case law that says you are allowed to do this. In addition to, there's another assisted living right down the road. And they said, yeah, I know all of those things. We are not letting you do it. And then right after that, there was a letter that uh, was forwarded via email to me from the property owner next door. So the HOA president or vice president shared in the neighborhood group, right? Like the next door app that I was looking to buy this piece of land and build assisted livings. And there was an uproar. People were all worked up saying, not in my town, not in my backyard. You're not doing this here. I'm like, seriously, I just want to love on some grandmas and grandpas and provide end of life care for literally your parents because you're the ones who live in that neighborhood, right? But nonetheless, it got all worked up in this uh, community Facebook group. And then I was emailed from the attorney hired by the next door neighbor. So the HOA wasn't even paying for it. The next door neighbor stepped up and said, I'm paying for this attorney to write a threatening letter to Brett telling him that if you purchase this property and pursue making it an assisted living that we are going to sue you and take some type of legal action. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? You already have an assisted living in this neighborhood. You already know that case law does allow me to do this. So then the next thing I called my attorney. My attorney specializes in this type of things, in residential and assisted living, in this type of case law preventing discrimination against seniors and people with disabilities. So I said, hey, Okay, here's what I want to do. I impact everything. And she's like, oh yeah, well, it's clear cut case. You can for sure win this. And then she said, but, and then here was the big lesson. You can for sure win this, but this is what I want you to learn. She said, you know, this could drag on. You know, it could take up to 18 months. And I thought to myself, okay, well, I'm supposed to close this property in like two or three weeks. I'm buying this land and I'm, I was planning on buying it in cash. So now I'm going to have all this capital in there. In addition to that, what if this takes 18 months? What is that gonna cost me in holding costs? What is that gonna cost me in, in potentially uh, taxes, insurance, all these other things? Or if I had a mortgage payment, what would that cost for up to 18 months? She said it could take. And in addition to that, you, you will win, but it could take 18 months and it's gonna cost at least $50,000 in fees if it gets that far on the light side. And there's no guarantee you're gonna get that money back. You may be allowed to do this per the court, but they may not give you 100% of all the legal fees, the attorney fees, the court fees back. I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of a tough shake, right? I know she says that I can win, that there are case law that says pretty clear about these things, that I can get this deal done, but what is it going to cost me? And then additionally, I did tell her that I was planning on building two or three of my assisted living mansions on this piece of, of five acre property. And she's like, well, you know, from that, there is not clear case law there. If you were just going to build one, yeah, the case law says it's pretty clear. This is what it is. But now if you're building multiple, then you're really getting out of that residential use. You're really getting more into commercial or business use. And there's not case law. And I'm not confident that you could win if you went that way. So really for me, I had a hard decision here because I had put $10,000 down as a non-refundable deposit that I was going to lose. I was past my timeline on that. And I knew if I walked away from this deal, I was going to lose my 10 grand. But if I continued to buy this deal, now I had an uphill legal battle going through these things. And you know what? Is it really worth the time?
because the time cost, the opportunity cost were the biggest things for me. What could I have done with 18 months? If I backed out of that deal, which I did, and I lost my 10 grand, how much money would I make by not wasting 18 months on troubles and legal fees and just delays, right? I canceled that deal, and within about three or four weeks, I found another piece of property that I ended up purchasing and I'm moving forward to build my neighborhood on, but by canceling this deal and not fighting a fight that my attorney said I could win, but that might cost me huge amounts of time, I saved myself tons of money, tons of headache by just dropping that deal and finding the right deal. And the right deal for me had no HOA. It was a piece of property that I could build on without any other restrictions on the local property. I was in the right zoning type, I had talked to the city, done all my due diligence, and there was no HOA drama. So if you do buy a property in an HOA and you get through that, I also want you to know that you could literally be sued at any point. There is nothing stopping you, even if you've been running for five years, to have a neighbor come and move in next door, get upset by what you're doing and sue you. They can sue you for whatever they want. They're not gonna necessarily win, but they can still take you to court. Now, what happens if somebody sues you and you're under construction? How is that gonna affect your lender or possibly your investor partner? How will it affect things if the city gets wind of this and that there's an uproar and they have a special planning and zoning meeting and say, hey, no, it's not, we're not gonna do this over here, right? That, those kind of things do happen. Or what about when you go to sell? I have a friend not very far from me who is in an HOA and she's been running an assisted living for 20 plus years. And the HOA says she is grandfathered in because she was doing this so long ago. But then she went to sell. She had it listed multiple times. And every time they went to close with a new buyer, the buyer reached out to the HOA and the HOA told them, no, you cannot do this. You are not allowed to. And they said, well, she's been running this same business here for 20 years. And they said, that is fine for her, but she is grandfathered in. You cannot do this because you are a new business. Now what happened to her? She has a deal that she cannot sell. She is trapped owning this business and this piece of real estate that is unsellable for what she wants to do it for. Its best use is assisted living. She's making money from it and she can't sell the deal because the next buyer can't use it for assisted living, right? Like why get yourself stuck in a situation where they can change the rules on you? So instead of spending all of that time, that money, that effort, finding a piece of property that is in an HOA and then having an uphill battle, knowing that the entire time you own this property, there is risk of them getting into your business. There is risk that you can't sell this deal. Why even fight that fight? Don't do an HOA. It's not worth it. I want to be the one to say, hey, learn from my lessons. I lost 10 grand trying to get into an HOA and you don't have to, right? It was so much better for me to cut my losses, find a new property without an HOA and go that route. So I wanna be the one to pop the bubble and tell you not to do it because there are other people out there saying, hey, you can do this. And yeah, there's a small percentage chance you can, but it's not in your best interest. So I wanna let you know that there are plenty of options out there that don't have HOAs. If you are looking at a residential zoned property, there's a lot of those do have HOAs on there. That's why I don't look at residential zoning. When I go look for vacant land to, to build on, I'm looking for commercial, I'm looking for multifamily, I'm looking for agriculture, I'm looking for mixed use, something else that clearly would not have an HOA on it. So if you find the right zoning type, most likely you're not gonna have an HOA or any type of other deed restrictions against it that would prevent it from doing an assisted living business.
So if this is for you, you want to open your own assisted living and you don't know how, check out our free foundations training. It's on our website and I will put the link in the comments below, but we go through this in detail, all the due diligence, all the things you need to know before you risk any money. Don't lose the money that I have lost learning these lessons the hard way. Check out our free foundations training. It is absolutely the best way to start.